I'm not into feet, though. <laughs> However, I love my wife so much, and I love sex so much, if my wife was into toes, I would do it. Oh. I do. I would pretend. I would f***ing pretend. <laughs> I'd actually like, ooh, suck my toe, I'll do whatever you want. I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> Do you want to take a bath first? A bath would be like super sexy. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Scrub them little piggies up. Pop them in my mouth. I could do a big toe. I could. If she was like way into it, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I would get crazy on that shit. If I was at McDonald's eating nuggets, I'd be in my mind. That's where I would be. I'd be like, needs more buffalo sauce. <laughs> but I couldn't do the pinky. He'd go, ah. He'd be all bummed out. Come on, man. Just push your dick, son. <laughs> so I, I would give back, is what I'm saying. I love sex. It's your favorite. Yeah, and it's hard. When you have kids in the house, very hard. Spontaneous sex yeah. is right out the window. Yep. There's there's charts and graphs and math schedules and uh, I think they're at the grandma's house. Let's go. <laughs> I'm jealous of people that have already had kids and they're grown and raised, all that stuff. That's awesome. You can go back to having loud, crazy sex. If you've got like a little fantasy thing you want to do, get it. Get it going. Do it. Do not wait. You don't want to be that old guy on the rocking chair. Oh, I should have had sex with two stewardesses, but I was a chicken shit. Regret <laughs> <laughs> causes cancer. <laughs> but it's tough. Like my wife and I, we, we you can't you can't be loud when you have little kids in the house because you have to listen, right? You can't be like oh. Because you get that kid, you get the monitor going on, you gotta be quiet like a, like just the quiet rabbit humping ninja. This is so hot, this is so hot. It's not hot, it's not hot at all. You're like, you think it'll just add a little spice. Yeah, you But you gotta, you gotta keep focus on the monitor from the kids' room. Because kids have crazy soft feet, they're like funny feet. And whenever you hear them enter the room, they just kind of sweep in like a ghost. Like, what are you doing? Whoa! Your mom was just about to win, but uh, <laughs> let's go watch SpongeBob. Get used to having shoes. How about that? So now we do it. It's all that quiet rabbit humping issue. You listen to the monitor. <laughs> Meerkat in the National Geographic. You know, the male senses danger. But nature compels him to complete his task. <laughs> it's fantastical. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the latest edition of the Loftus Party. This is a good one, you guys. This is a really, really good one. Big things are happening. 
uh, first, a big shout out to uh, the Liberty Gypsy slash Liberty Gimlet. She had some uh, she had some bad chili, dude. She had, <laughs> she went to a, a chili cook off and it ravaged her. She is being ravaged by bad chili. So making a surprise appearance. This is the show of surprise appearances uh, to, to end all shows of surprise appearances. We've got Andrew Apple back with us. Say hello, Andrew. Hello, everyone. Very happy to be back on the microphone with you. I've missed you guys. We are thrilled, and and the feeling is mutual. So here's the thing. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag right now, and then and then we'll talk about a little bit of news, just a little bit of news. We are very, very fortunate, uh, very lucky. Leah Remini is on today's show. Leah Remini from King of Queens. Uh, from her, oh my gosh, I'm the worst host ever. I can't remember the name of her uh, Scientology show. Aftermath. Aftermath. Yes, uh, she's on. We had a, a lovely sit down. I'm a huge Leah Remedy fan. If I wasn't before, I am now. So before we get to that, we have to, we'd be remiss if we didn't do a little bit of news. Oh my gosh, you guys. And then you get... Uh, you get some stand-up comedy at the end. I, I, I literally, I just got home from Governors on Long Island. I rec- I'll give you some snippets of that at the end. So it's it's a jam-packed, star-studded, holy cow version of the Loftus Party uh, podcast. So before we start uh, talking, you and I, Andrew Apple, were talking about the news, and and you were saying something about uh, Facebook ads and the president and a tweet. Yeah. So. Everyone's losing their minds right now because one of the things that we consistently see about Donald Trump is the fact that if something shows up probably on Fox News and it's about him and he's frustrated about it, he uses the the Twitter so that he can go off on people about it. And, you know, he can sort of circumvent what we traditionally consider to be the news media as he affectionately refers to to it uh, fake news. Right. So with it has come out that there were Russian, I would say, ne'er do wells who <laughs> spent a perfect, lot. That's perfect. Russian ne'er do wells. And their goal was to uh, sway our election in some direction. As it's come out, there's a lot of different directions they were trying to sway people in. Everything from Antifa to pro LGBT to conservative values to gun ownership, all of those things. They were buying ads trying to get people upset. And so then Donald Trump had to get on Twitter and he said, I am seeing there were a few ads that were bought on Facebook, but how come no one's talking about all the fake news on CNN, ABC, NBC, and CBS? So here's what I want to know. All right. Okay. In your opinion, is he saying that these Russian ne'er-do-wells are something we shouldn't be worrying about? I think he's saying that we have bigger fish to fry. I think that I think that's what he's saying. That you look at a uh, a misleading ad on Facebook is one thing. However, when you're inundated from the mainstream media about uh, NBC, the sky is falling. MSNBC, ABC, CBS, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Blah 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 blah. Everybody acts like they love to bandy around. Ooh, Donald Trump got like uh, four billion dollars worth of free ads on uh, the mainstream media. None of that stuff was good. <laughs> it wasn't like they were talking about how awesome he was. 
Like he has had, dude, he's had so much negative press. It it shocked Jimmy Carter. <laughs> just seriously, Jimmy Carter just came out in the news, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think any president has been as uh, maligned in the press as Donald Trump." That's Jimmy Carter. That's Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. That man. Well, I mean, let, let, let's stay on this topic real quickly because, you know, you and I haven't talked about this a lot. What do you say then to people who rightfully point out that Trump has to a certain degree created this negative relationship with the media because he's been hitting back at them harder than any president ever has? I mean, I think the hardest we've seen before this was, you know, Obama got up and very calmly said that Fox News was an arm of the Republican Party. But Trump, I mean, he's taken that to a different level. Wouldn't that automatically create some level of antagonism? Well, well, there's been a level of antagonism from from Jump Street when they took his entire quote about why we need border control and they turned it, they distilled that down into all Mexicans are rapists. So ever since then, it's really been off the rails. And again, like going into this whole thing, Trump wasn't my guy, but he's almost like it's almost like a prophecy has been foretold. They would call George Bush uh, two, uh, the, the the attack of the clones, <laughs> that George Bush. Uh, they would call him Hitler. They called his dad, George Bush, one phantom menace. They called him Hitler. They called uh, Reagan Hitler. They called Romney Hitler. It's like, and none of them hit back. Everybody plays so nice. And so to finally have a guy that hits back, and granted, he's just, he's like a kid with a blindfold just swinging at a pinata. (laughs) But every once in a while, he knocks one out of the park, and you're just like, oh, there's going to be some candy. (laughs) And And it's awesome. And and I love it. And I love it. it, it listen, the negative. The, I, I can't blame Trump uh, for for the negative. They they definitely listen. Uh, the powers that be weren't rooting for that guy. So and Jimmy Carter's on my side. Hmm. I got to bring this up. They found out uh, there was a Russian bot. Uh, I don't know what a Russian bot. I don't think it was like a like literally like a robot was making tweets or whatever. They've actually they have a facility in Russia right now, which is they believe to be state-sponsored, where their entire goal is to use Facebook ads to create frustration and division among the American voters. And I tell you what, that's not how you sway an election. That's how you get people involved. Which honestly, and <laughs> I, I, I mean, and, they, they really and, and straightforward, that's what's happened more than not. I mean, like, say what you will about whether or not Donald Trump is a good president. I think people know more about the separation of power and the three branches of government and what their representatives are doing today than they have in the past 40 years of this entire country. So what I hear you saying is thank you, (laughs) Russian bots. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, (laughs) okay. so here's 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 the thing. I, uh, in building a Twitter following, and that is the Loftus Party at the Loftus Party on Twitter. And I do this thing where I just automatically follow people back, right? I'm I'm trying to be super sweet and really nice. I was following, <laughs> I was following a Russian oh, no. bot, dude. 
yeah, capital. All, it was all caps. And I, cause I remember thinking that's a weird Twitter handle. It was T E N underscore G O P. And evidently that was a Russian bot, a Russian bot that had a bigger, a much bigger, bigger Twitter following than I did. They were doing great. Yes. But how many of their followers were Russian bots? Yeah. That's true. Maybe they were, maybe they were totally hacking the system. Okay, so I feel bad that I was following a Russian bot. I don't think I ever retweeted him. I don't ever, I don't think I like was on board. I remember thinking that that's, they're hardcore. <laughs> Ten GOP was hardcore. All right, so this is fun and funny, and this is this is because we we have to get Leah on the show here. Uh, Leah Remini is is on the broadcast. Uh, I saw a thing today where uh, this guy was said on Twitter. Uh, hey, Chelsea Handler, stop talking about Trump uh, and his uh, creepy dossier with urine because I just saw a clip of you getting peed on by Jason Biggs. OK, that's a shocking headline. And then there was a little link and like a like a stupid little moron. I clicked the link and guess what happened? Your computer immediately shut down and you don't have one anymore. I know that it, that is what you think is going to happen. <laughs> I, it it showed me a clip of Chelsea Handler getting peed on by who I I have to assume is Jason Biggs from American Pie. Like like there's no doubt it's her. Now here's the thing that I think is funny about it. The the, the comedy and all this is like they're in the ocean. Uh she's she's getting ready to climb back up onto the boat. She's coming around the back and then this dude, uh, we can only assume it's Jason Biggs starts uh, uh, peeing on her. Now, uh, Andrew, you're in the ocean. You're swimming towards the boat. You look up. Someone's peeing on you. What do you do? I move. Yes. You go underwater. You swim away. You put a hand up to deflect the stream of urine. None of these is what Chelsea Handler does. She just kind of – it was – uh, uh it, it was like, oh, you rap scallion and uh, and more pee. Uh, it it was it's a short clip. It was like a vine. Uh, however, I think Chelsea Handler's days of uh, complaining about the supposed kinky things uh, Trump likes are probably in the rearview mirror. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. I'm uh, yeah, no, that's her. That's her. And her reaction. Honestly, she looked like she was enjoying. Yes. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, oh, you peeing on me. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea doesn't have a show anymore on Netflix. She, she left. Yeah. She's going to become a uh, full time political activist. She's going to run around the country and talk to people. So that's wonderful. So I celebrate that. And uh, I'm sorry that you know. Uh, who knows? Maybe that maybe that is her thing. Now I feel bad. Now I have guilt. Maybe there's people listening that like, oh, it's so hard to come out. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I'm making jokes. But at the end of the show, at the end of the show, uh, there's a clip. And I think we're going to play. I have, a, I have a bit that I did on stage about uh, – I don't want to ruin that. That's at the end of the show. Uh, right now, we're very, very fortunate to have – uh, Leah Remedy. I can't tell you. It's, it's, we've had big stars. We've had, uh, we've had uh, Charlie Sheen. We've had, uh, Dana Lash. We've had Ann Coulter. Uh, Leah Remini 
is is a fantastic addition, and I want to do more and more and more of this. So uh, here you go. Here's my interview. Now this is a, this is like me in a microphone, and we're we're on the stage. So it's, it might sound a little bit different, you guys, but don't freak out. Everything is is running perfectly, but it might sound a little bit different. Here's uh, my sit down with Leah Remini. Leah Remini. I mean, your dressing room. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. This is. Do you like, love it? It's great. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Better what? than Kevin's. Yes, I think it's so. much nicer. I agree. The lighting's better. I feel. I agree. I feel prettier. You do. <laughs> I love to make people feel prettier. I'm gonna move over one here. Yeah, okay. Okay. So I have only had you for a few minutes. Yeah. Time is money. Now I don't want it to be a downer. I don't. I want it because I want to have fun. I want to be upbeat. What you gotta do? I want to talk about your other show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's it. that's the big. That's I mean, this is fun. You're on. Let you're on. Kevin you can wait. Let me let me just talk about what you're doing with your glasses right now. <laughs> you have them on top of your, not on top of your head. I've moved them. Okay. I moved them. Okay. It's the old man move. It is right, right over the eyebrows. Yes. Yeah. It okay. is. I went to the eye doctor, and and if I were to get like bifocals, yeah. The, uh, the bottom one, the up close, would be me without glasses. Okay. So it seemed like a waste of money. Right. You know? Okay. And I, I don't, so I, I do the, I, I hate it. I did it. But can you find another move is really the thing. What, okay. Because that's not an acceptable move. It's to not. To put it on your, so, so just to sit, I mean, do you think people are know, uh, getting the scene of what's happening? You have your glasses have on. Have glasses imagine, on. Imagine lifting them just above your eyebrows and leaving them there. Like and, an old man. And talking to people. Like an older man. Yes, that's very it's horrible. Odd. Yeah. Here's the, okay. Yeah. So, fun to know fact. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday nights. Yeah. At Governor's, I, I go up and I work on new material. I do stand up. Okay. So it's written in my little notebook. Okay. I will literally, I found myself doing, it was horrifying. What? Horrifying. Imagine like going to the bathroom in public. Yeah. It was that kind of a feeling. I'm, oh. I'm on stage. Oh, you did I go, it on I go, stage. I go oh, to okay. my notebook and yes. I'm like, oh, that joke went well. So I go to make a, a little and note. people were and laughing? I, and I did this. Were people laughing? Oh, they were, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was I a do, bit. I do, okay. And I come back to the stage and yeah. I go, Doing the old man move. You are. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. By the way, that happens at 40. People should understand that. That things start to happen literally the day you turn 40. It's a nightmare. Nightmare getting old. Yes. And getting old in this business even sucks. Now, your guys have it easier because guys, as they get older, are more distinguished looking. This is uh, this is the case. Yes. But it, not so much for women in this business. I think it's changing. Do you? Yeah. In what way? I think that, and I really actually do have a theory about this. Mm-hmm. It's the baby boomers. It's the people who are watching television, the yeah. the, the generation ahead of us. Because uh, we're like, what, Generation X, Gen Xers? Are we? I think we are. Okay. Um, I think that it's just more acceptable. I think it's... It's more acceptable. Wait, you're saying it's more, you think it, it pe- women are more accepted? Yes. Yes, in Hollywood and, and, aging. And more accepting because okay. you have these, and I think there's better roles out there for actresses in their 40s. Mm. I just think there's more interest. It's just, it's a numbers game and Hollywood always chases the numbers. Okay. I'm not talking about roles because I've been blessed. So I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general, men have it much easier as they, get, as they age. Now, being in this business, you, you do agree, though, that women are held to a completely different standard. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's horrible. 
that's that has not changed. And then you'll that's where you'll find actresses who just disappear. Right. Yeah, and that hasn't changed. Yeah. Like Sissy Spacek, one day she was just gone. Right. Um, who was some other one? Who was the Who was the girl in um, Officer and a Gentleman? Yeah. Yeah, I know. She was just everywhere. Right. And then one day she was just gone. Yeah, it's like literally aliens come down and just. And do you think that's because they don't want to be on camera? I think I think they're horrible roles. Yeah. Uh, People aren't writing good stuff for them. Uh huh. Uh, And they don't want to play the grandmother. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like literally, like one year you're the the love interest, and the next year they're like, we think you should be the grandmother. Right. And most men and most leading men cast women that wouldn't look twice at them on the street. Mm-hmm. It gets ridiculous at it times. It does. It does. It really does. Yeah. And uh, and the guys know it, too. They have to know it. I'm no, a... they don't know. Really? I don't, I don't think they know it. I mean, I They're really... They're like, I could, yeah, I yeah, could be... I, I just, could get this yeah, chick. Yeah, I can get her. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, people used to say that about me and Kevin and King of Queens, but uh, totally would have dated Kevin. Like, he's a good-looking guy, and that's, an, and that's another thing. Women don't look at those kinds of things with men. Like... Most women, like, you can get a really good-looking chick. I'm not, I'm not talking about myself now. I'm just saying in general, it's not it, – women it, – if a man is – excuse me, because I'm very tired. We had a very long day today. We did. We right? had a long one. Yeah, okay. Well, we had a long couple of weeks, actually. Yes. Yes. Um, but women – men could get away with being charming, being funny. Like, if you're funny, uh, you know, uh, you can get a girl like that. Like, girls don't really judge men – the way men judge women. On my website, yeah, theloftestparty.com, Okay, just had a big article, a uh, big study. I think it was in in Europe somewhere. Sense of humor. Yeah. And, top, uh, top of the list. Yes. Yeah. And then second is big shoulders. Yeah. Which you I think can. is odd, but like I definitely, I'm a comedian. I yeah. definitely know that comedy is. Yeah. Everything else fades. I mean, you you've probably be, gotten laid just because you're funny. I mean, I haven't seen you be funny, but I'm sure <laughs> out, of, out of the world you're quite funny. Yeah, it's it it has been a help. It has been a help. But then you get like the performance anxiety. Like I don't want to do bits now, right? Because that's and that's why every I think every comedian wants to secretly be a rock star. Yes, because rock stars they can be funny and charming. Yeah, and then they still have that. Yeah, they have that rock star. No, babe, I'm quite serious now. We're going to get it down and dirty. I don't know. That's my Mick Jack. I like it. It's Not it's bad. awesome. Not bad. So. You took, you steamrolled the conversation. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, well, I just want to recognize. Okay. That you I really, that it happened. It. No, okay. But Got no, it. Listen, yeah. it can go anyway. You can take it back. There are no rules. It's okay. You can take back control. I have no <laughs> That's problem great. with it. Oh, you concede control back. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to take back control. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, okay. So you did want to talk about the aftermath. Okay. I do. Okay, go ahead. I do. Yeah. Uh, but but like I don't want to you know get like crazy. No, dark, do what, it, do whatever like, you need. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. When did and this is horrible. Uh, two confessions come from me. Okay. I never watched King of Queens. Wow. Um. Until I started working on this show. Now when I'm going by it in reruns and like when you were saying you and Kevin as a couple. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and like no BS. This is honest and for true. Yeah. The chemistry, you guys have fun together. Yes. It's a blast. There yes. was a moment uh there was a moment where you 
in, in a scene today where you, you decided as, as an actor to reach out and give him a little smack on the face. Yes. That was a fantastic laugh that wasn't on the page. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff yeah. I love. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know how I'm going to get the segue back. No, no, no. Just, so, the other confession yeah. I wanted to make yeah. is I have not watched uh, The Aftermath. Aftermath, okay. Yeah. You, so You should. I, I should. Okay. Yeah. When did you realize, uh-oh, I'm in over my head? I got I to get out of here. Was there like... In uh, Scientology. Yes, in Scientology. Uh, was there a moment? There were moments, like in any bad relationship, there are always moments. Yeah. And then something happens that pulls you back in. But there's also um, a lot of uh, circumstances. I mean, there's a lot of... Um, you have to take a lot into consideration when you're leaving Scientology. Right. You have to think about you're losing all of your family, all of your friends who are mainly Scientologists. As you get more and more immersed into Scientology, you become less and less connected to the real world. Even though you're living and working in the real world, how, what you really believe is that the real world is lost. And so, yeah. you know, I would go to work on the King of Queens thinking, I just got to get back to Scientology because I you have to go every day. Into the Church of Scientology. Oof, that's a deal breaker for me. But it keeps you in everyday thinking in that cult mentality that what you're doing is more important there, mm -hmm. and what you're doing in the real world is just to, to further Scientology. Yeah. And so it's very hard to get out. So you're asking me, was there one thing? No, there wasn't. There was six years of me trying to kind of. Was it? break free from it the tom cruise's wedding began the beginning of yeah. the end and and it was six years from that point and then the bad stuff just kept adding up and adding up well finally. once once i saw what was going on at the cruise wedding with the leader's wife being gone and the reaction when i asked i had asked where's shelly miscavige yeah D david miscavige is he's the leader of scientology where his wife was who is his assistant so in Scientology, it's run. Um, it, it's it, the Sea Organization is run as a military operation, it's right? Like a paramilitary. So you know she's calling her own husband, sir. It's so you didn't see her as a wife, but more she. We called her. Her name was COB Assistant, Chairman of the Board's Assistant. So you would refer to her as sir, even. Wow. Um, and so not seeing her there was odd, and. Yeah. I kind of stepped out of my Scientology mind for a second and thought, well, even as a wife, she should be at the, they're, they're touting this as the wedding of the century. Why wasn't the head of the church's wife there? He was the best man. Yeah. David Miscavige. Yeah. So that started me questioning the church's policies of why are we making excuses for one person in Scientology? And then after that, I was punished for speaking out. Oof. And that was all based on my criticism of David Miscavige and Tom Cruise. Okay. So then I was like, wait, I'm, I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to be interrogated about my feelings about these two people when I'm, this is not what should be going on in Scientology as a church. Yeah. So when you, <clears throat> when you made the decision, okay, I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna split. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, is it like a math? Calculation, like I'm going to miss this person, I'm going to miss that. And no, it's it's basically you know you're losing everybody. That's the policy of Scientology. Wow. Yeah, it's it's 
most families choose to stay with Scientology because of the brainwashing aspect of we're saving the planet. Yeah. And so it's more important to stay with Scientology than it is to stay with your own daughter or your own husband. So this, I feel horrible, like having you, I'm sure you've documented all of this and mm -hmm. it's been on the show and yeah. that, so. No, don't. That's okay. But because like, not everybody who has did, Who did you reach out to? Well, the first person I reached out to were a few people who had left the church. Okay. High-ranking executives who were saying abuses were going on, that they were physically abused in the C organization. And yeah. then I started looking on the internet, which was a big no-no in Scientology. Right. So that was, you know, a sin. You know, it's a sin considered by Scientology to go on the internet and start looking and talking to people who they've you know, say they expelled, but who actually left. And I started doing these things and kind of doing my own investigation. And I was going back to Scientology saying, I saw these things on the internet. I talked to this person and they were saying they're liars, they're bigots. They're, you know, they had a whole folders of, of incriminating information against these people that were taken from their confidential therapy sessions. Yeah, that. So it was all of that behavior that might work on me, you know, before and has worked on me. Yeah. It was just when something switches in your mind and you just see something for what it is, it's hard to go back. This is going to sound like I'm just kissing ass, but I, I think it's, inc well, I, know, I don't think it's incredibly brave. It is incredibly brave I, I that you left, that you left. Well, it's got to be. I have to tell you, I was lucky because I did have a very rare family. Who left with me? I don't know that I would have the strength to leave if my mother didn't leave with me. Yeah. And my sister, and you know, yeah. I had that, and my husband, I had that support. Yeah. Your husband's hilarious, by the way. Thank you. He was on the show. Yes. He, he was uh, what the uh, oh my gosh. He played the, the on the first episode this yeah, year. Yeah, Anthony. What, what was his name? Yeah, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. It was one of those East Coast names. Yeah. But like, I, I saw an HBO documentary mm -hmm. about Scientology and there are they videotaping you when you're going through Not these only, when you're confessing these yes every, that's, that's literally yes. you're, you're writing your own blackmail file yes but you're not thinking that when you're involved in something that you think is decent and good and there to help you yeah and yes they have like cameras in the room hidden cameras and microphones in the room and you know I've heard that before, but again, when you're there thinking you're you're trying to help yourself to get better, you're like, okay, they record it, you know? Yeah, so we can look at it later and figure yes, this out. Yes. That's the other thing. It's like, on a certain level, well, let's, here's, this is the, here's yeah. an interesting question. What did you get out of Scientology? I mean, well, looking back, there has to be, there's some appeal there, right? Yes, we're going to save beginning. the planet, we're well, going to help you. In the you beginning, and, it's very, very basic. It's very basic morals that everybody can understand that, yeah. that communicate to everybody, you know, like um, about communication. They have courses on communication. They have courses on finances. They have courses about being productive and being the cause of your own destiny and things that, you know, people go, okay, like I can use, anybody could use this information, how to better your relationships. Yeah. These are like little courses in the beginning that cost $35, $65, you know, it's a slow burn, you know, but as you get more and more indoctrinated, you know, yeah. what starts very early on, by the way, is the us against them mentality. And um, L. Ron Hubbard's teachings very early starts on with anybody who's opposed to Scientology is a criminal, is a psychopath, is an antisocial. So you, and I'm, and I'm not exaggerating with those words. These are descriptions that are used 
for anyone who doesn't believe in Scientology. Wow. So you immediately are alerted to the fact that anybody who's talking badly about Scientology, you're like, okay, the words are psychopath, antisocial, hell bent on 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 the world being destroyed. Doesn't mean you means you nothing but harm. Doesn't want you to do well in life. So it really starts to separate you out from people who are telling you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody's not a Scientologist, but also you're asking, you know, you're maybe a struggling comic or a struggling actress and you walking into these beautiful buildings that Scientology owns and yeah. you have a whole group of people who are there supporting you and going, you know, maybe, maybe your friends don't really, um, mean you well and maybe you start separating from anybody who makes you feel bad about yourself as a comic and you know you might say oh uh one of my closest friends said he didn't like my set and then you know if you went to scientology because you're going every day they go yes. well maybe you should you know separate yourself from him because you only want to be around people who make you feel good and who lift you up and you know the truth tellers of the world are the ones that mean you harm you know like people just telling you the truth and so you start to go, yeah, maybe I do have asshole friends. Maybe this is where I need to be most of the time, getting jerked off by Scientology. And so it be, it 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 makes you feel like you belong somewhere. Yeah. It gives you a mission bigger than just wanting to be a successful comic or just wanting that to is... be a successful actress. Now you're part of something special, saving mankind. Yeah. Yeah. That is that's always the big appeal. Yeah. Like that part of a bigger thing. Yes. This is bigger than me. I'm yes. just a, a soldier or whatever yes. it happens to be. Yes. So it has to be incredibly rewarding now. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it. You, yeah. the, the, your phone has to be ringing off the hook with the the whole Scientology thing. People mm. who they see this, it's like a beacon. It yes. is. It's a yes. beacon of hope. Yes. You're helping people. Mm -hmm. You're crushing it mm -hmm. on on this show. Mm -hmm. On on Kevin can wait. So you've got to be incredibly happy right now, yeah? One would think, yeah. What are you saying like that? What what are you I always you know, I'm that person who Half um, empty glass, half no, empty. No, but more about like, do I deserve this? Do I deserve, you know, to be happy? I still have that Scientology um cult way of thinking that I'm not doing anything. I need, like I, I left something that was amazing and I, you know, it's, I know that's not true, but what I'm saying is I still am dealing with the fact that, uh, I, I'm not there yet. You know, Scientology leaves a stamp of damage on right. your soul really. And you kind of got to get out of that because you're never good enough in Scientology. You're never doing enough. You're never giving enough money. You're never yeah. being, as good as you can be, there's always somewhere to go. And so I still live with that. So yes, I should be, and I feel blessed, honestly. Sure. I'm not ungrateful, and I don't want to give that message. I'm very grateful. Oh, yeah. But I always think, you know, something's going to happen, you know, because do I deserve this? I should be punished for the things that I've done mentality. I'll just, so yeah. you know, yeah. I have that feeling every day of my life. Oh, okay, good. I have, I have the nightmare of this is not... I'm not good enough. Right. I literally have nightmares where, like, they're going to discover right. really quickly that, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, that writer we hired, yeah, that guy's not good. Right. And that comedian, that's we're all, no, he's not funny. It's right. it's really, it's, I saw, yeah. okay, I think good. that's, that's a common. good to know that somebody else has it. Okay, that's <laughs> I think a ton of people okay, do. Good. But, like, um, does the show, like, fill part of that void? 
completely, which is what, what um, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up because and I give you long-winded answers. I hope you're not irritated. No, it's by wonderful. It. Oh, okay, good. The, the, I, I, I'm used to um, the vitriol that comes from Scientology and Scientologists mm -hmm. and social media. Um, they are DVS. Yeah, totally. And I'm used to it um, because I know the policies of Scientology dictate that that's what people should be doing. Scientologists. The policy says to destroy utterly. Oh yeah. Yes. That's one of the, one of the few things that I do know. Yeah. Is that they, they literally have a, a manual mm -hmm. that they follow. Yes. Attack your attackers. And, yes. Yeah. Completely yes. discredit. Completely discredit by any means. Yeah. By any means. So. I'm used to that. When I when I did King of Queens, you know, there's always a struggle in your career. Very rarely do people just kind of make it and maintain it. Yeah. You know, you might have success early on and then have a little moment of suffering and then you build back up if you stay in it, you know, because this is not a career for the, um, for the weak. No. You know, because you're going to have these extreme ups and extreme downs. So when I got King of Queens, and it was a place finally to hang my hat, I really cherished King of Queens, and so did Kevin. We mm -hmm. were not two actors running around. We were grateful from the minute that we stepped on the stage until the moment we were done. Yeah. And we did appreciate it, and we did cherish it. But for me, it was from where I'm from, Bensonhurst originally, that sense of neighborhood and sense of community has been something that I've always wanted and cherished. And, like, I have friends, I have a, a very short list of friends, but they're good friends. And I really cherish my friendships, and I really cherish community. Yeah. I love community. And so, King of Queens and any sitcom, any television show where you're together every single day creates a family. You know everybody's name, and as the show gains success... And as you stay on longer and longer, it becomes about your family coming to the show, and yeah. it becomes a whole exciting thing for your family. And then it comes, it becomes exciting for your friends to come every week and watch you. And my family was up in the audience, and Kevin's family was up in the audience for, for two hundred episodes that we did. And you know that that stuff I love. You know, looking up and seeing my mom, and then Kevin's mom, and then Kevin's dad passed away during the show and then there was an empty seat for him in the audience every oh. week and now here we are very rare in life do you get to go back to a time that meant so much to you and here we are we have our families back together in the audience and it's like an amazing experience for me being welcomed by all of you the writers and producers and the crew and for the first time like I'm just, I'm kind of you know we didn't have social media back when we were doing King of right. Queens, right? To get any kind of negativity, you know, about the show, like, it, it cuts me in a deep place. Now, usually I wouldn't give a shit. Right. But because this means more to me than what most people might think, and also because a lot of us are away from our families, we're away from where we live. A lot of us live in L.A., mm -hmm. and we're here doing the show. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, um, well, I wouldn't say a lot of us, most of us who are, you know, writers and actors love to make people laugh like yeah it, that's you wake up in the morning thinking i want to make somebody laugh that comes from a beautiful and decent place regardless of how writers like to be snarky and not you know realize that's a beautiful place to want you know to to be to aspire to make people feel something 
is a beautiful thing. Not everybody has it. Yeah. And I admire it, you know, that, that people really want to move people in some way in 22 minutes. And um, I cherish it. And so now I'm very protective of it because for me, after leaving Scientology, having something like this with somebody that I love in Kevin, uh, for any kind of negativity towards it, it really, really is bothering me. I don't know if it's because of my age, because I appreciate it so much more now, but it's like, it's just, it, it saddens me because, you know, again, you know, coming from the world of Scientology, right, the outside world is so bad. Scientology yeah. teaches that. You come out to the outside world and you go, no, it's not bad. But then you, it, it, you know, the pendulum swing, right? Then you yeah. start to see, wait a minute, why are, why are we being this horrible to each other every day? Why are we saying and doing horrible things? And the other thing that I would just, I just yeah. jumping on board is there is a um, an emotional risk, huge, mm -hmm. with, with with acting, mm -hmm. with pretending, yeah. with comedy and, yeah. and acting. <clears throat> yeah. on, on my side of what I know, and like you take this that risk and. Mm -hmm. Usually it's yay approval, right? And right. Man, when it's not, yeah. That really, it stings. Yeah. It stings on a good day. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, then when you know people are out to get you. Yes. It's it's even worse. Yeah, However, because you go, wait a minute, this is sitcom. We're just the, trying to make you laugh. You could turn it off. The upside of that yeah. is, they, these are people with a um, uh, an end game. Yeah. So it's not. I would I would take solace in. These aren't, I, I think, for the for the most part, it's not just regular people, da, 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 you know, yeah. thumbs flipping out, attacking yeah. you. I think there's an agenda at play. Yeah. So it's not really, does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, totally. It just, yeah. it just really means a lot to me to be here. It, it's, and I, and I, and I really, really. Um, well, I'll have uh, you back. Yeah. Okay, thank oh, you. Oh, you were talking about the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just really love um, where we all are now. You know, seeing our families back together and being able to do this and being able to, for me, to be able to have this kind of outlet after doing the aftermath and you know doing it still currently. Yeah. You know, this is my vacation. You know, this is my, this is part of my heart too, you know, to be able to make people laugh. Are there days where it's just, and I'll, then I'll let you go. Yeah. You've been extremely generous. No, no. There are days where, and this is going to sound trite and like, yeah. you know, BS, whatever, but like, I literally can't believe it. Yeah. We make up things. Yeah. We just make that, we make them up. Right. And, and we hand it to you guys. Yeah. You make it wonderful and we just laugh. Yeah, it's and crazy. It's, it's bonkers. I know, I know. And then they're like, you know, we should show this to people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, you know, the payoff is people saying, I laugh for the first time today. Yeah. And that's where social media is amazing. You know, because we go there for validation. We don't go sure. to social media to hear the truth. I have a mother was very very your mother's a riot me. yes but she'll tell me like i i don't subscribe to the um to the theory that well if you're in the public eye and you're on social media you should be able to hear these shitty things i don't agree with that and i don't yeah. and i that's not why anyone's on social media is to hear these truths of hey you look fat or hey too much Botox. Like, I have family for that. Everybody should know that. Like, don't worry. <laughs> I'm under no, like, no one's running around in my house kissing my ass. I have a lot of friends who are truth tellers. 
but you know, people should know that. Like you're not, that's why you're on social media, right? You go on to get some validation to hear. It's from weird. People. It's like, I, I, I'm thinking about yeah. it and you do, you go for like, to seek out like-minded individuals. Exactly. People who agree with you. Exactly. But and even if they that, don't agree with you, you unfriend them, you unfollow but, them. But here's the thing. It's like, I have a lot of things I'd like to say, but I don't say them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't go on my social media or on somebody else's social media and go, Hey, such and such, hate your show. Hey, yep. such and such, your ass is too big. Hey, I, blah, blah, hate the choice of men you're with. I just don't, I would never think to do that. Nor would I. Even and though I it, think it, it. And once again, and I think it become, it yeah. goes back to, you're as, as an actress, myself as a comedian, and, yeah. and what, what have you, we know how it hurts. Yes. So we have empathy. Like, right. I would never, and I have seen some garbage. Yes. But I know that, like, people are were working hard. That right. was their best effort. They're exactly. really trying their hearts. So I'm not going to go, hey, did it, I, I would right. never. So your show, douchey. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I would never. I know. Okay. But we need to learn something. We really do need to learn something. That's why I engage with certain people in hopes that the person says, I'm sorry. Honestly, I will give somebody like four or five chances of back and forth. That is a beautiful thought that you have to get out of your head. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it has worked. If it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. You're going to drive yourself crazy. No, because you know what? I think we're all part of the same game and we all just want to be happy. We all want to have validation. We all want to feel good about ourselves. And I think a lot of these people who do this get it in other places in their life. They give it because they're, they're getting it. I don't think these are people who are secure about themselves and feel good about themselves. No. And I think, well, if I could check you and say, is this what you're adding to the world today? Look, honestly, is, do you feel good about yourself having tweeted this to me? And if I, I, I'm telling you, it has happened. Three or four tweets back and forth. You're right. I'm sorry. I think I've done something. Wow. To, to alter this this shitty world we're living in. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> I think that's a great play uh, to wrap it up. Okay. That's like, a, a, no, it's like upbeat and positive. Great. And I'm with you. <laughs> and I, I will check back with you in a couple weeks to see if you are still rocking the positive attitude. I didn't say I was that positive. But I <laughs> no, it's, I was positive. Well, to the world, I, 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 I want us to all try a little harder. I love it. You're a gem. Thank you. So there you have it. I I, I think she's incredibly brave uh, to discuss some of that stuff and then that she's still trying to and and you'll you'll hear it again uh, because this is one of those episodes you're going to want to listen to over and over again that she's still trying to talk to people on Twitter and getting them to change their minds. And she, she believes that there's kindness and goodness in, in everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she'll be disavowed of that pretty quickly, but it was a lot of fun. She's a riot. She's super funny. And I don't, I don't know if she gets the credit uh, that she rightly deserves. She does some stuff on that show. Kevin can wait. And a lot of it doesn't uh, make the air. You know, you go with a different, line or a different reaction, but she gives you a ton of great choices. I'm, I'm very, very happy that she was on the show and I'd love to have her back whenever she wants. And there'll be other, uh, celebrity guests coming up too. So that's wonderful. Now 
as I promised, because we were making fun of uh, Chelsea Handler a little bit earlier, uh, here is some of uh, – I don't know what clip we're going to play. we got three little clips. I, did, I headlined. Uh, they were nice enough at Governor's in Levittown. They, they like, come on down and headline, and they've been wonderful to me. I love that club. I love the people who work there. I always have a blast. So here's a, here's a couple clips of me telling some jokes recently at Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown, New York. I gotta get out of here. No. Um, actually, no, I don't. I have nowhere else to go. This is honestly the highlight of my day. This is as good as my day gets. Swear to God, this is a high point for me. Um, anyway, I'll save you a little bit of money. Um, thank you, you're awesome as well. How about this? Um, oh, I'll tell a fun little story. Uh, because you guys uh, live on Long Island. Yeah, I almost had my ass kicked over that a bunch. Nice in Long Island. On, guy! On! It's on! Got a coupon for a nickel off a sweat retire, you want it? Uh, so anyway, uh, I don't... I don't like natural disasters. In Ohio, growing up, there was tornadoes, and that's that's all right. You get a warning. I like natural disasters that come with a warning. You guys had uh, Hurricane Sandy a while back, but at least you got a heads up. They came on the weather like, here comes the hurricane. Better get your out of here and get your easy pass ready. That's the other thing I found out. There's no free way off this island. You can't somebody to get off this. I've never seen anything like it. Is that where you live? Yeah, it is. You want out? I do. Give me some money. You can leave. That's not American right there. I just want to see the rest of the country. Well, give me fucking $20. I'll make this happen. Let's get you off that island. Which, did they not charge you to leave when there's a fucking hurricane? Do they waive the tolls? It's a hurricane. This one's fucking on the house. I have no sympathy for, the, for when, when, a hurricane li- when a hurricane hits and people decide to ride it out, I never give them money. Right? Some wet hillbilly on TV. I don't know what happened. I'm dead, dead, dead. All my shit's wet. Yeah, fuck it is. You should have laughed. It's the only way you're going to learn, you idiot. Tornadoes are bad. You get a warning. Come on, Andy. The National Weather Service has determined your ass is about to die. Get in the basement now, loser. And if you don't have a basement, we'll tell God we said hey. <laughs> People in Oklahoma in the springtime in their trailer parks and it gets wiped out and they're on TV. I don't know how it happened. I, I, I do. You bought a trailer and you put that shit in Oklahoma. What were you thinking? <laughs> I don't have insurance. How do you fucking know? I wouldn't insure your dumbass either. are the worst. I never experienced an earthquake until I went out to California and when the planet you've depended your whole life just to be under your feet. Just blah, 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 blah. That's just pee, pee, poo, 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 poo. <laughs> It's the most terrifying thing in the world. You can't depend on dirt anymore. <laughs> My wife and I moved out to California. We used to sleep naked. If we got married in Ohio. We would sleep naked. We were happy. Happy, happy. And then something happens when you get married. A woman can't sleep naked anymore because she's cold. Uh, yeah, something happens. She, they go, I do. Holy shit, is it cold in here? 
happens like right on the honeymoon. This isn't right. I should put on some socks and some ugly <laughs> shit. I should think about getting my hair cut up high too. I want to look like a tall, thin mushroom with socks. No one's gonna want to fuck me. Not even you. If you suck my pinky toe, that's what gets me off. So we moved out to. We moved out to LA and I'm still sleeping naked, right? Because I'm romantic. And uh, my wife, my, her mom got her these slippers and these gloves. I swear to God, this is a real product. They're lined with plastic and you, you, you pump uh, lotion into them, into the socks and into the gloves. And it makes you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? And she's walking around like a mad scientist with like diarrhea just. <laughs> the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. So we're in bed one night, I'm naked, my wife's wearing the squishies and uh, sweats and a hoodie like she's suiting up for an away game. And uh, earthquake hit, boom, 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 And my wife's like, earthquake, go! She doesn't even look to see if I'm with her. She's just... <laughs> gone. And I'm in slow motion, just holy shit. My pants are overdue. I wanna live. <laughs> I honestly don't know what else I could give. I don't know what else I could. It was fun. Here, uh, my buddy. Here's what happened. So, so I got a call late in the day, uh, from governors, you know, Hey, come on down and headline. I'm like, okay, this is great. I can try out a bunch of new material, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, my buddy Pete Corielli, who has a, a great podcast with his, uh, buddy Sebastian. I, I always mispronounce that Sebastian's last name, so I'm not going to try. Uh, so it's, it's Pete and Sebastian. If you want to look that up, they're great. Pete's been on this show before. However, now my buddy's watching. So I got to go with my tried and true stuff. So I didn't do a lot of like topical jokes. It was like, I don't, I, I didn't want to fail in front of my peer group. So it was a lot of fun. I always have a blast. It was a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Leah Remini. Thank you to you guys. This is the wonderful thing that's happening. Oh, I'm going to write my first review of a video game. Look for that this week. TheLoftestParty.com. And how else can they find us? Where else can they follow oh us? Oh my gosh, you're like a slave driver. Uh, you can go to The Loftus Party on Facebook. You can go at Loftus Party on Twitter. Uh, the Loftus Party on Instagram. That's a big one. All the Instagram. I'm, I'm on board with that now. But really, just go to TheLoftestParty.com. That's your one stop. You're going to get everything. The interviews, the clips, the podcasts, the articles, the news. Dude, we have like four news feeds. It's nuts. It's crazy awesome is what it it's is. And you know what? And I can see it on my phone and I can flip around with my thumb and it's not a hassle. It's uh, it's stage three of the website and, and things are going well. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel. It just doesn't stop. It's like every time I check it, oh, there's more. Oh, there's this. It's it's cool. We're, we're in a very, very, very good groove. We got celebrities coming on the show. My goodness, you guys are awesome. Next week, we hope that the Liberty Gimlet will be feeling better and she'll have some wonderful tales of vomiting uh, from the chili cook-off. But I tell you what, I bet her stomach is ripped. 
that's the best thing. That's the best thing about having the flu or food poisoning. You're like working your core. You're just like, oh, oh boy, look at that. I got a six pack. How are we ending on both the bright side and the disgusting side? How did we accomplish There's that? There's always a bright side. It's like Chelsea Handler getting peed on. <laughs> she was already in the water. So <laughs> So there's always a bright side. That's wonderful. Theloftestparty.com. There's always a bright side. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. I love you. It looks like you've lost weight.